Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, this is Marcy Ann. <clears throat> I want to thank you all for tuning in wherever you are in the world. It's always so exciting to me to see the country by country listeners. Just a big welcome to all of you. And today I'm going to talk about <laughs> a kind of a new way to handle life. <laughs> I'll tell you, you can live 88 years later on the earth and still learn something new. So a couple years ago, this started, and I went to Omaha to spend three months with my youngest daughter. And at the time, she had a boyfriend, and while I was there, I got to know him. And, you know, I've lived a pretty long time here on earth, and I, but I've never met anyone like this man And after seeing him on and off then for three months, I told him one day, I said, you know, Dave, I hope I can write a book about you, and I'm going to call it Living in the Eye of the Hurricane. So first of all, the eye of the hurricane is that center part where the winds of the hurricane swirl around it. But in the center of the hurricane, it's totally calm and peaceful, sunny with blue skies, non-threatening. You know, it's just only beautiful. (laughs) So to live in the eye of the hurricane would mean that you live in a totally calm and peaceful, non-stressful place where it's just wonderful, sunny with blue skies, no worries, no problems, Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? (laughs) Especially today with the 24-7 news media drumming up the next worst possible story to tell us. If you notice, they all use those dramatic punctuating words like disastrous and devastating and horrendous, jaw-dropping, monster, deadly. It would help, you know, a lot if, if the news just took out all the adjectives, and just reported the news. Because adding adjectives is adding opinions and manipulations, and news should never be reported with opinions. The news never used to be reported with opinions. It's really only been in the advent of 24-7 news by four major networks that the competition began, and and where there's competition, there's that struggle for ratings because advertisers need to know that their money is being seen by enough of the war, you know, public to warrant paying those high costs of advertising on those major networks. Well, the answer to this situation is to quit watching the news. And if you learn to live in the eye of the hurricane, you won't be watching news anywhere. Wait. And by the way, there's hardly any news today that's credible, so you're not going to be missing anything. (laughs) But it seems to me that our evolution here upon the earth is seeing what other people do and then trying it out for ourselves. 
I mean, the Bible says we have to work out our salvation. Well, so we try things. And if it does and if it works out, <laughs> it's part of our salvation. But if it doesn't work out, then it isn't part of our salvation. You know, it's really pretty simple. Most of what I see others do is just not smart to me. So I forge my own path. But as I watched this boyfriend of my daughter's, I knew I was seeing a modus operandi that I had never seen before. And I knew I wanted to try it out, which I have. So I'm going to share with you kind of what I've learned so far. Well, first of all, I've learned to live in the eye of the hurricane. You have to be independent and self-sufficient within yourself, kind of like the spider. (laughs) You know, a spider depends upon no one outside of himself for anything. He spins his web, but that substance that he uses comes from within himself. And the web catches his food for him. And then he has that web street, I call it, that gets him down to the ground so he can get water. But he's totally self-sufficient. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is within us. And that spider has found that kingdom of God within him that makes him totally self-sufficient and independent. If the wind blows away his web, he spins another one. So we need to learn to be independent and self-sufficient and not depend upon anyone else outside of ourselves. So how would this look? Well, my daughter's boyfriend is a master mechanic. He works for Toyota. He makes a good living because he can fix any car, not just a Toyota, because Toyota fixes other cars besides their Toyotas. Well, how did he learn to fix cars? By fixing cars from the time he was a young boy. He worked around cars all the time in mechanics' garages next door or at a friend's house. or Anytime someone said they were going to try to fix their car, he'd get in on it and learn how to do it. And he learned how to fix cars. He hasn't been to college because he doesn't need to go to college. And there's lots of people who are in college today that don't need to be in college. They need to be out there in the world learning how to do something. I recently had a new shower stall put in my bathroom. And the young man who came to do the installation came alone. And I live upstairs, so he carried all that stuff and his tools up the stairs He arrived right at 8 o'clock, and at noon he announced he was going to lunch and he would be back at 1, and right at smack dab at 1 o'clock, he arrived back, and by about 2.30 he had finished the job. He worked quietly and steadily. And I asked him, I said, how did you learn to put in a shower? (laughs) He said, well... I started working for a guy in Mexico who taught me how to do stuff. And then I got a job with a contractor in Mexico, and I learned how to do a lot of other stuff. And enough so that I qualified to get this job here in your retirement community in the maintenance department. Well, I complimented him on his professionalism and what a wonderful job he did. 
He had to dismantle the old shower and completely rebuild two sides of it. And he also recocked all of the tile. And when he left, you couldn't even tell he had been there. He cleaned everything up and put all my stuff back where it was. And this was all unsupervised. He was his own boss. He set the standard for himself. And he set a very high standard, and the job he did was perfect. He could qualify now to live in the eye of the hurricane because he earns a good living. He is self-sufficient. He is disciplined. He can work without supervision. He sets his own standard, and he makes sure his work is perfect. This is how you can get into the eye of the hurricane. <clears throat> the reason is because <coughs> when you get in there, there isn't going to be anyone to help you. You will have to already know how to take care of yourself in order to enter. And you could start this next year. 2020 is supposed to be a fantastic year for everybody. And just tell yourself you're going to get your num- make your number one priority that you're going to do whatever it takes to get yourself independent and self-sufficient. Now, no type of government or charitable assistance uh, is available in the eye of the hurricane unless you are a veteran. And by the way, Social Security is not government assistance because we paid into Social Security as a savings for our retirement. And also, you pay in, pay into unemployment, and you pay in, and workman's compensation is there to cover you if you're injured on the job. But unemployment and workman's compensation are temporary things. They were never meant to be a way of life. No assistance program was ever meant to become a way of life. All assistance is to enable us to get back on our feet and and then become independent and self-sufficient. Now, there were times I had to make do with things that didn't seem like I was being very successful, like living in a room because I couldn't afford to rent a house, a whole house, much less buy a house. You know, I found out I had everything I needed to live in my room. And then there was one time I worked two jobs. I worked from at the bank from 9 until 2 p.m., and then I went to a motel and worked from 3 to 11. And I did this five days a week for over two years. And even when I could, I picked up an extra shift at the motel on the weekends because I was learning how to take care of myself because that's where we start. We have to take care of ourselves. We come into life through our parents, and sometimes there are very good parents, and they take care of us until and teach us how to learn to take care of ourselves. Now, sometimes parents don't take care of us, and we learn very early on the only person we're ever going to be able to depend on is ourselves. Now, I had a paper route when I was eight years old, and the first thing I bought with my money was a bicycle so I could put the papers in a in a wagon and pull it with my bicycle. And the second thing I bought with my paper route money was a small radio so I could listen to the baseball games. Well, you know what? The newspaper still needs to be delivered today. 
The boy who delivers my newspaper is Mexican. He seems to be about 14 or 15 years old. He rides his bicycle with the papers in a big basket on the front. And he's developed quite a style, I must say, to throw my newspaper upstairs right in front of my door so he doesn't have to stop and get off his bike and walk up the stairs. I'm sure he did not know how to do this at the very beginning, but I'll bet he learned how to do it pretty fast. There are also people in my gated community who walk dogs for our elderly residents and others who will come to the home and do your hair or groom your poodle or clean your house or drive you to the doctor. And do you know what? Half of our population today now is over 50 years old. This growing senior citizenship will be needing more and more and more care. Lots of jobs for young people learning how to take care of themselves so they can live in the eye of the hurricane. And, you know, there's all types of new startup companies today where you can be your own boss, like Uber and Lyft and EasyCart. I tried that one out. Um, you just go online and fill out a, a, a list of groceries you want, and um, and there's a girl at the store who does your shopping for you. And actually, the girl that did my shopping um, called me on the phone, and she says, they're out of blueberries today. Uh, what else would you be interested in? She said, would you want some strawberries or grapes? I mean, a personal shopper right there in the store. I talked to her later, and she says, I love this job. She said, first of all, I love to shop. <laughs> and uh, and then um, she says, I get paid $11 an hour to do, to do something I love. Well, recently on a YouTube channel that, you know, talks about investments, they interviewed Warren Buffett, and they asked him a good investment strategy. And you know what Mr. Buffett said? Invest in yourself. No one can ever take that away from you. So all of your efforts right now should be only for you making yourself independent and self-sufficient. And that means that you have enough money to pay all of your bills and supply all of your needs as a person. Now, if you're a parent, you're going to have to take care of your children too. Because while you're parenting, um, many times you'll have to choose to supply the needs of your child before your own. But there are times when you must supply your own needs first in order to be able to supply the needs of your child. And the child learns from observing this experience. So as I said, the reason it's important to be independent and self-sufficient in order to live in the eye of the hurricane is that only others who know how to live in the eye of the hurricane are going to be in there. And they're going to be busy taking care of their own needs and the needs of their children if they're a parent. There's no one in the eye of the hurricane who's going to be able to help you out because no one expects anybody to help them who's made it into the eye of the hurricane. In fact, they would be irritated if you even tried. They would say, mind your own business. That would probably be what they would say to you. And part of living in the eye of the hurricane 
is that you only mind your own business. That's the best part. You're not interested in anybody else's business. And why is this a reason to want to live in the eye of the hurricane? Well, it's going to relieve you of all those ways that our society has made us feel guilty about, like, you know, the poor and the homeless and climate change and mass murders and all that, making us feel we're responsible for what others do. It makes us our brother's keeper when we haven't even learned how to be our own keeper. All you need to be responsible for is yourself. Make sure you're not asking anybody for anything. Just pretend that all government assistance, all charitable sources, all ways to get something for free has stopped. (laughs) And now you're totally on your own. What would you do? Now, I've been poor and I've been rich, and personally, I really prefer being rich. And when I was poor, I decided I didn't like it. So I did something about it for myself, from me to me. And I built a business of my own and made enough money to now be considered rich. I'll tell you, it's so much better being rich. And anybody can do it. This is America, the land of opportunity. Every company, every store, every place here on earth in our country has a sign in the window right now, now hiring. There is a lack of workers today. And now I live in the eye of the hurricane, always blue skies, sunny and warm, calm and peaceful, no stress, no sickness, no poverty. Perhaps no death, because I would prefer to ascend. And I mind my own business and just continue to take care of myself. I stay out of other people's business, which means I don't judge anyone or anything. And I've released all resistance. I need to take just care about me. I don't resist anything. When you resist something, it persists because you're empowering it with your resistance. You know, when we stand before God, we're going to stand there alone. (laughs) And God will point out all those times and all those ways that were provided to us to take care of ourselves. And there's going to be no excuses then. And you know what? There really aren't any excuses now. If someone does ask me my opinion about something, I give it, but with no expectation that I would change another person's mind because that's not my job. My life is my testimony. Watch what I do, and you will know what I think. You will know what I believe, and you will know what I support. My charitable contributions go to the Salvation Army because they have had a successfully been helping people for a long time with absolutely no hint of scandal. And I trust them to help those who have an unexpected temporary emergency. The spiritual principle is to love God with all of your heart, soul, and body, and then to love others the way you love yourself. So if you really can't love or help someone else until you totally love yourself and have yourself independent and self-sufficient, 
And once you enter into the field of independence and self-sufficiently, you're going to look differently at your brother. And instead of giving him a handout, you're going to offer him a hand to help him move into self-sufficiency, self-respect, and independence. And you will no longer be able to be seduced by sacrificing to help someone else. You will take care of yourself and move into the eye of the hurricane and let all that chaos and disaster and every other form of evil just swirl around outside of your experience. Because you're going to be in the warm sunshine, breathing in fresh air, in calm and peacefulness, with no problems, no sickness, no poverty, only blessings and the richness of this life. So far, that's what I've learned about living in the eye of the hurricane. That's worthy of having the mission bells ring for celebration. Here they go. 